McLean already mentioned it, but I think you've noticed there's a new building right over here. <laughs> Six weeks from today is Christmas Eve, Sunday, December 24th. I'm just a little bit closer to telling you we're going to be in there for then. You know what I'm saying? That we're planning to be in here. There's a slide showing you what we're up to here right now. Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve at 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. over there. So, yes, I know the Bucks are playing. I don't care. It's at 4.05 or something like that. So you work, around, you work it out, right? But so just, just under the, under the um, up-to-date business, that's what we're doing right now before we get into the message for this morning. That's what we're doing. So, yes, we, are, we have a high degree of confidence that we are going to be able to use our building on the 24th of December. <sighs> yeah, that'll be awesome. So the second thing you need to know is just these are miscellaneous pieces. The second thing is tomorrow or soon, the parking lot is going to get paved. So that'll be kind of cool. So obviously things are kind of marked off this morning and we got lots of spaces and all that. So that's just another update. The parking lot's going to start getting paved and it'll have six days or so to cure. Did you know the asphalt parking lots needed time to cure, to richen themselves? And so that's going to happen. You can just sniff it and you'll know. Um, what else do I want to say? Let me make sure. Oh, I wanted to talk about what's happening up here. Thank you guys for being awesome and doing what you do. And what you know is that we're in an interim phase, and Matt and McLean Murphy, Matt up here is our interim worship leader. He's, he's having a blast, and he's loving doing this, and he's not called to be the full-time worship leader. We're going to start a search for a full-time person, and we're going to do that after we get into the new building and get going, right? So that's what we're doing. So I just wanted you to be aware of that. Some of you have wondered who are the other people that have been up here leading, and the answer is Matt needs to take about one week a month off so that his family doesn't fall apart because they're busy because both he and McLean have two children and full-time jobs and all that kind of stuff. So, so we found people to come and sit in for us, and that's who Lindsay is, who was here last week. She's filling in. She's a senior at Southeastern University in Lakeland, and she can sing and she can play, and so she accepted the invitation to come and be a pitch hit or pitch hitter for Matt. And so we don't know what's going to happen yet, but we have finished the job description, and we think we understand what God wants us to go and do, so we're going to start a search for a full-time worship leader. Meanwhile, you remember that our brother Bruce, who died unexpectedly on a Saturday back in October, Bruce is our, was our sound technician. And so we have a man in here today who's running sound for us, and, and he's been a person like Lindsay and others who've pinch hit for us immediately tomorrow. The personnel committee said, Fitz, go find a permanent sound technician. So that search begins officially tomorrow, and so that I just wanted you to be aware of that. So we're going to find a sound tech because the AVL system that's getting built into the brand-new system needs to be trained. We need to be trained to it. we got to get that person now. So I want you to pray for all of that. I want you to pray for all of that. And the real reason we're praying and real reason we want this team to be a team, it's so much fun being a part of this team, is McLean already said it so well. We're going to have more room. And how, there are people out there that just don't know that they're loved. There are people that are out there that aren't experiencing the kind of relationships that we're experiencing together, the authenticity. And we want more people to be on that. It's just gentle friendship bridges. But we're going to have more room to have friends. And in the big lobby over here that's right next door, right through that door, you can be loud while something's going on in the other rooms. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so that's going to be cool. So, well, do I want to say anything else? Is that, that's a good for the business. I think that's good for the business, right? I can't help. I'm looking at Chris. He's our drummer. I love him. 
Chris's father-in-law, his name is Ben Powell. He, he lost his battle with pancreatic cancer. They had the funeral this past Wednesday up in Quincy, First Pres, Quincy. And so Chris is here. His wife, Sarah McDonald, Sarah Powell McDonald, she's still with her family up there. She's coming home, work a few days. They're going back at Thanksgiving. She's going back to work full-time after their Thanksgiving break. So Kathy Powell is battling brain cancer. So this hit, it's like a ton of bricks. This can't be any worse. It just can't. But they're just trusting God and each other. This is a family of faith, a church that they're involved deeply in the church and their lives of faith in all authentic ways. So I can't look at my man and not say something about it. And he loves playing the drums. He's awesome, right? Yeah. Our drummers are awesome. He's awesome. And he's here. To... There's something also really important you need to know that I've been getting criticized in fact, criticized pretty severely recently, and it's for doing this. listening as I started on November 1st. I mean, you, you may not like it, but they're setting up the Christmas tree lot at Plant High School right now. So that may be bothering you. The retailers got ahead of all of us. The festive season, the Christmas season has begun. You can do two things here. You can fight it or you can go with it. I'm going with it. <laughs> all right. So I know you don't want to hear Mannheim Steamroll yet, but I don't care because if you get in my car, that's what you're going to hear. And while we're at it, let's just go ahead and continue the debate. Let's talk about Christmas movies because, yeah, they're in now too. You ready? Here's what you're not going to like, but it's the truth. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yes. Yes. Trading Places, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Christmas movie. How could it not be? You won't argue with the next one. And now I'm finished being foolish and I'm trying to get to the point here. But, you know, I'm willing to take a bullet for the program and be an idiot. So here's, one, here's a Christmas movie that we won't argue about. You'll agree with it. It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart. George Bailey. Here's what happens in that movie. In that movie, Jimmy Stewart, uh, playing the part of George Bailey, disaster has happened to him in his life financially as the chairman and CEO of the building and loan. They've lost $8,000, a fortune, back in the early 20s and 30s of the 20th century. And he says to himself, with Clarence the Angel there trying to get his attention, it would have been better had I never been born. And Clarence goes, let's do that. Let's see what would have happened to your city 
Bedford Falls had you never been born. And of course, it was horrible that he had never been born. You and I need to ask the same question. You and I need to say to ourselves, does my life really matter? Because here's what I think is the tension for us. The tension is, I want my life to matter. Am I leaving a lasting legacy? And you, I think the tension is you want, I want my life to matter. I want to be a person who leaves a legacy with my family and with my friends and where I work. I want to be a person who makes a difference. I want to be a person who is a person who has some kind of impact. I want to be a person who invests in lasting things of significance. And so do you. You wouldn't be sitting in here. You wouldn't be with us online if that wasn't important to you. You want, I want to make a difference. We want to be engaged. And here we are in a family of faith, and we want it to be centered around our relationship with Jesus. And so what we've been doing in this series called Forward is we talk, how are we going to go forward and we, I've been trying to say, let's, let's grow in our sharing of our DNA. Who are we? So we start with this slogan. comes up on the slide. We start with a slogan. I could hang 52 Bible verses off this slogan, real relationships, real transformation. I'm not going to do that to you today. But I will give you one, and you're going to hear about it a little bit more next week. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, a beautiful Greek verb in there. Go, Jesus says to his people, and make disciples. Matetuo is the Greek verb. He's telling us what to do. And what we're saying, that I could hang that under a disciple, a person in a real relationship with Jesus, a person who is in real relationships with other Jesus followers and whose life is transforming because of the authenticity of that realness. And that's, what, that's one of the ways we try to say what we mean by real relationships, real transformation. And so in the how do we do things kind of around here kind of DNA question, that's sort of the big, inspiring, game-changing picture. That's the vision. And we have some bullet points under the first one, which we kicked around a couple, three weeks ago. We said people who are involved in real relationships, real transformation, one of the things they do is they pursue Jesus. So what that means is we are on purpose trying to connect with him. But as soon as we say that, we have to say, yes, but we're also trying to connect with people. We pursue Jesus, and we pursue people, and we connect with Jesus, and we connect with people, and we connect with Jesus' people, and all of a sudden, we feel our lives changing because in these relationships where there's genuine authenticity and trust and confidentiality and vulnerability, the next thing you know, I get support, encouragement, affirmation, challenge, confidentiality, and my life begins to change. It's God at work in us. God does the big part. So we're adding, those are the last couple of three weeks. But we, and if you've got that stuff going, good. If you're pursuing Jesus, great. If you're connecting with people, even better. But there's more for us. There's more. And today is point three, and next week's point four, so come back. <laughs> point three, suggested by the question, the tension, do I matter? Does my life make any difference? Is this. We're being built by Jesus and by our relationships with each other to find our place. So your challenge this morning, my challenge this morning, is to find my place in the God's work in the world and God's family. That's what we want to do. I want my life to matter. I want to have an impact. I want to be a person who makes a difference. I want legacy impact. I want to leave behind some kind of a 
legacy footprint. Maybe not a carbon footprint, <laughs> but a legacy, an impact footprint. Because I invested in things that make a difference. My life will matter. <clears throat> and the great Apostle Paul. The book of Acts is about, a lot of what it's about is about the Apostle Paul starting Christian churches. He planted churches all over the Mediterranean. And in his letter to the Christians in the city of Rome, he writes in chapter 12 about how it is that each of us has a place. So this morning, finding your place. And Paul is saying to you, you have a place. So in the, in the 12th chapter, there's 16 chapters in the book of Romans, and he's sort of telling you about what it means to be the family of Jesus, the body of Jesus, the body of Christ. And he says this, and he's, he's writing to people who, he's in, he's in Turkey, modern-day Turkey, and he's writing all the way to Rome. So this letter gets carried to them, and he writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, which is God's gifting and God's grace, Offer yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Just let me just unreligiousize that for you. You ready? Go all in. That's what this means. So when he talks about body and service and religion and worship, he means you dedicate everything you have to God and God's goodness. And, and worship includes adoration. So when I go all in, one of the things I'm doing is saying, you made me like this, I'm all in. So you're taking all your chips and pushing them into the middle of the table. He wasn't meaning to use a gambling analogy, but it just it, I'm, maybe you can understand that. That's what Paul is trying to say. He's trying to say, you have been made to go all in and do it. And it's by mercy. Mercy means a God's unmerited love. So we've been loved by God and we have something to give, not because we made it for ourselves, because God made us and God puts love in us because he loves us and he says, I've, I've, loved, I've loved on you. Go love them. Get out there. Get amongst them. So that's, that's verse 1. I want to read verses 4 through 8 because he starts to help us to see some of the details <clears throat> of what he means here. Um, For just as each of us has one body, meaning you and I are human beings, we have a body. And he's wanting you to think of the human body as a metaphor for the body of Jesus and the body of Jesus and its job in God's world. You with me? So each of us has one body with many members. In other words, many parts. You have ears, you have a nose, you have feet, you have a spleen. Did you know you had a spleen? <laughs> Can't see the spleen. You, you want your spleen, right? You don't want to not have a spleen. So, but, so you got stuff, stuff you can see, stuff you can't see, all of it you need. It doesn't work very well if you don't have ears because you can't hear, but also it doesn't work very well if you don't have a large intestine. Right? So all this stuff we can see and not see, everything matters. There's one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function. Remember, we're asking the question, find your place. You want to have a place. You want to make a difference. We want to have impact. We want it to be a lasting impact. And we're finding our place, and God has made us into a body. And let the metaphor work you over. He does it all in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I picked Romans chapter 12. He does it again in Ephesians chapter 4. These members not have the same function. So in Christ, in Christos, in the Messiah, we, though many, form one body. You need to know for me personally, the people of Jesus, 
It's one body. I mean, we're first pres. And there's a church right next door to Henderson at Boulevard Church of Christ. And we do things differently. And I'm not going to try to join with them. And they're not going to join with us. But it's one body. Oh, you better believe it's one body. You are not competing with any other Christian organization. You're competing with disengagement and unbelief. And God is trying to make us into a body that grows and matures in, it, in a, of ourselves, but also that we can go engage with people who are disengaged and we can help people come to belief who don't have belief. That's where we're headed. Is that great? Is that awesome? Don't worry about it. Help the other churches be vibrant. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It's one body. So on we go. In Christ, though, we have many, one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We belong to each other. You belong to me. And I belong. And I belong to you. So that's one slide. A little bit more from the great apostle Paul, uh, verses 6, 7, 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Grace, charis in the Greek language. Your giftedness is a grace gift from God. You're not who you are because you deserve it. You're who you are and I'm who I am because God made us this way. And you're according to the grace God has given, each of us, God gives us gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Um, The the word prophesy here means to be God's watchdog on on the covenant. That's what that means. It means to see the world the way God sees it and to tell people what you're seeing. So we're, we're not going to take a much more time on that. I really want to make a different point to say that there's lots of gifts. But that word throws people off. It doesn't mean fortune teller, primarily. It means speaking God's truth into the situation. And oftentimes that will include, and if you do, this will happen. If you don't, this will happen. So that's why the fortune telling part comes up. But it's mostly to see the world through the eyes of God and speak God's truth all in service to protecting the covenant between God and human beings. And the covenant is life in Jesus. So that's what a prophesying person is. And you may know some prophesying kind of people in your life who speak the truth in love to you. And that's what they're doing. They're prophesying. Prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. In other words, it's based on trusting God, not on trusting yourself. If it's serving, if it's serving Claire, then serve. And then lead us and serving. The list is not exhausted, by the way. There's a gazillion gifts. We're just, Paul's just making his point. If it's teaching, if it's teaching, then teach. Naomi D'Antonio is the teacher for the CBS, the Christian Bible, uh, community Bible study. It meets on Thursdays. Got 200, 250 women. She prepares and prepares and prepares. She's very bright. And she stands up and teaches for 15, 20, 30 minutes as a part of the dynamic of their two-hour gathering every week. She has the gift of teaching. And she's teaching. But this would mean school teachers. This would mean any kind of teaching. I mean, if you're teaching people how to do or, or, uh, resuscitate somebody who's had a heart attack, whatever. It just means teaching. If you gift is teaching, then teach. If it's to encouragement, paraklesis is the Greek word. If it's encouragement, look around the room. Don't be real obvious, but look around the room. There are people sitting close to you right now who you sense regularly and all, they can't help themselves. They encourage you. So if it's encouraged, then go encourage. If it's giving, and giving here means, I think Paul means giving financially. There are givers sitting in this room right now. You can't help yourself. You see it and you give to it. And you just can't stop yourself. 
then do it. And it's all because God has given us the mercy, the grace gift. Then give generously. If it's to lead, then lead. See, God made you the leader. If you're the leader, then lead. It's by humility. I mean, I didn't do this. God made me that way. God made me to lead, so go and lead if you're a leader. If it's, uh, do it, do it. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Maybe that means if you're a person who can sort of readily and easily forgive people, that, um, then do it well. So I wanted to help you with the metaphor this way. You'll, you'll pardon allow me to have a sports metaphor, won't you? I know. There ain't no grandstands, no stadium seats, no bleachers. Everybody plays. And if think sports, think Bucks. They go at 105 today. There is no stadium. There's a surface, and there's places where you need tools like that desk back there to make sure everything works back here. But there's nobody watching. You follow what I'm trying to say here? There's an audience of one. Audience of one. And all of us are playing our part on the team, in the game. No one watches. There ain't no spectators. We're all playing, and God is the person to whom we play. If the sports metaphor doesn't work with you, let's go with music. Okay, if you're in the band, you see what you don't know is up here they got an iPad with the chords and you, he's got something in his ear so he can keep track of the timing and there's stuff back here is another iPad. We're all on the same page. So here's the deal. If you want to be, if you want to pretend that you're in a band, everybody's singing and playing instruments. Nobody's sitting like we're doing right now watching. The only one person watching, God. So when we come in this room and we start singing, and you hear these nice voices from up front, and you go, well, I can't sing, and do not put a microphone in front of me. It doesn't matter. If we all sing, God is the one receiving the adoration, and that's the point of what we're doing in here. Nobody sits on the sidelines. That's what Paul's trying to say. Remember verse 1, all in. Push all the chips into it. Everybody plays. Because that's what Paul is trying to say. We are a body and every single part has a part to play. No one is just watching the part body play. That's not how it works. God is the audience. It's an audience of one. And here, here's another way of saying what we're trying to say. Three words. God made you. You with me? God made you. Let's emphasize God. God made you. You didn't make yourself. God made you. But let's emphasize now the second word. God made you. Ooh, sit down with that one for a minute. The master craftsman. In the Bible, sometimes God's master crafting of us is referred to as a potter shaping a vessel. Some of the vessels have mundane purposes. Some are meant to be brilliant and beautiful and everything in between. But God shapes you and works with the clay and makes you into the person you are. God made you with intentionality, with purpose, way ahead of time, says Paul. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Way ahead of time, God made you poema, a masterpiece. The word poema sounds like poem. God created you and made you into the person. God made you. You did not make yourself and really vital. You and I are not random accidents. So yes, I'm speaking directly to the people in our world, God love them, that think the whole thing is just an accident. 
and I mean that as scientific and philosophical as I can possibly mean it, it ain't an accident. Not for the Jesus people. No. God made you. And then let's emphasize the third word. God made you. You, Jane Greaves. You, Eleanor Nesbitt. He made me. <laughs> God made us. That's the truth. God made us. And we need to sit down on top of that truth and never let anybody take it away from us. And our, our motivation needs to be God's motivation, which is love. Paul writes all over the place in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the chapter you hear all the time at weddings about love. We've so sentimentalized love. It's, uh, it, I'm all good with sentimental. You know, I'm good with that. And I, I'm a, I, my love language may be touch. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. But what I'm saying is all that's good. But love is a commitment. Love is action. Love is loving people by giving, by serving, by all the lists of things that our body does. We, we've been loved, and therefore we go in love. And a lot of times it don't feel all that much fun, but it doesn't mean it's not love. And so Paul says the very last line of all the things he says about all the gifts that God could give us. The, he says all those, he lists in chapter 12 of uh, 1 Corinthians, the things that I just read from Romans. And at the end of it he says, and the greatest of them is all, of all is what? Love. We are motivated having been loved. That's the word mercy that Paul said in uh, chapter 1. I mean in chapter 12, verse 1. Mercy, love. God loves us. God is love, John says. And so we're, we've been loved and therefore we have love to give. And that's the motivation. So three really, four really powerful questions. Does, does my life matter? It does. But here's, here's the work for today. Does my life matter? Three or four questions for you to think about. It wouldn't bother me one bit if you got your phone out and typed these in on your notes <laughs> and you took it home and you went to work with somebody you care about on it. Here's the th we're going we're gonna to go through a little list. Okay, you ready? Here it is. What am I good at? So that's about talent, ability, gifts, aptitudes. What is it that I'm good at? Don't tell me nothing. I'm going to fuss at you about that in just a minute. But don't say nothing. There is no room for false humility. Now I'm fussing. No room for false humility in the Jesus body. Why? Because it says that God made us and God gifted us. And you, you humbly go, well, what would you make me for? And I'll go do it. I can't wait. So don't tell me you don't have them. Look around you. This is an unbelievable room full of people and online also of accomplishment. Good night. Look at the talent and ability. Look at what people can do. Look at all the things that you accomplish in your life, in your family, in your work, in your athletics. So what is it I'm really good at? Now here's a really important second question. What is it I'm really good at and I really like doing? <laughs> right? What enthusiasm, uh, energy. Passion. Uh, what is it I like and what is it I can get excited about being able to do? Okay, you're with me? What am I good at and which of those things do I really like doing? Here's a really powerful third question. Where is it needed? So I think what God is busy doing is making a body 
that's got all kinds of talents and abilities. Some of them are hidden. Some of them are easy to see, everything in between. And you have something about which you're excited about. And then you, you say to God, you want to find your place. You want to know where are you in the team? Where are you on the field? What is your job to do? What part of the band do you play in? You say, God, what am I good at? God, what am I excited about? And then you look around and go, where am I needed? How can I make a difference? Using what you are good at and what you've already said you like doing. It's a nice side dish. Here's number four. What are people telling me about myself? My peeps. Because, see, I'm already connected with people, right? I'm connecting in real ways and authentic ways with people. They know me. It could be family. It could be friends. It could be bosses. It could be subordinates. It could be a lot of things. What are they telling me I'm really good at? Let me go do that. Because they're affirming it. I got an inner sense of it. And then the people of God are sort of helping me get there. Can I give you a couple of examples? I'm going I'm to begin with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on me, an example of me, something I'm good at. You ready? I am a natural collaborator. That's sort of what I like to do. And I, I sort of do that. And here's where I've been collaborating for years. I've been collaborating with the guys that do my lawn. It's the truth. We're boys. You just come by when they're doing lawn. You can tell we're boys. Are we not boys? I'm looking at Kathy for those of you online. We're boys. Well, here's what happened to me 10 days ago. I'm sitting in my car. I got it out of the way so they can edge and mow and blow and go and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting in one of the guys who always wears Michigan shirts chirping at me. I chirp back because the Michigan guys have been cheating and they're going to get busted, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but, Anyway, he's, I'm chirping at him a little about Michigan. Something was odd about how he's coming to me, and I had the door open in my car because I just moved out of the way so they could mow, blow, and go. And so um, he wants, he's coming up to me. I'm chirping about Michigan. I say, your coach is going to... He sort of pushed past that. And listen to what he said to me. Remember, my point is I'm a natural collaborator. He said, I got baptized. And I said, talk to, whoa, 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 Craig, talk to me. What, what's up? And this is a guy, he's a grown man. He's been around a lot. He's at least in his 50s. And he, he cuts grass for a living. So, you know, he doesn't have much. But we're boys. And I'm kind and generous with him. He says, I got baptized. So he told me just a little bit about it. And, I, and I, it was a different, it wasn't this church and it wasn't us and it wasn't me. But I said, bro. And then I said, tell me, what are, how are they helping you to learn and to grow and to get started in a new life of faith? And so now we have something to talk about. So that's just pretty cool. It, it just bubbled up out of me naturally being friendly. How's that? Okay. No false humidity. Humility. False humidity you can have all you want. I didn't mean to say it. <laughs> See, we don't, I'm not, I'm uncomfortable talking about myself like that in one sense, but in another sense, I'm not, because what a great joy it is just to be mingling with the fellas and one of them say, feel comfortable and tell me that. And he obviously knows what I do for a living and, and, and he knows that I'm a Christian, but he wanted to tell me. So I'm all in, right? And I'll, the next, I missed him yesterday, but I'll get him, I'll get him the next time. So I wanted to brag on one other person. Ready? I want to brag on Emmy. Is Emmy in the room? She, I did not ask her for permission. Oh, she's, she's off on a bachelorette weekend. She's not getting married. Anyway, Emmy doesn't, I did not ask for permission and it doesn't matter. And I was going to talk about you, Tony, but I don't have time. And I didn't ask for your permission and I ain't going to, but so Emmy did, we had this conversation. What am I good at? What do I like doing? Where is it needed? And who's affirmed? We had it Tuesday morning right over here in our staff meeting. 
And Emmy said, she went first. I said, I want you to talk about something. Don't talk about life in the church because we are church workers. You know, let's get it out in the real world because out there is where the action is, not, you know, not in our staff meetings on Tuesdays. Our staff meetings are awesome, by the way. Said the action is out there where you live and where you work, where you play. Emmy, what, what, what do you, she said, my gift is hospitality. And we said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, last year as my senior year in college, I had a, I had a, a dinner and an awards program and I called it the Emmys. <laughs> and she went out and she bought, she invited 30 people plus a couple of members of her family and she had bought a trophy for every one of them and she affirmed the crud out of each one of them had their own individual award. She had her own Emmys. <laughs> and we all immediately wanted to be there because if you've been around her, you'll know that you just want to be around her. So it is a natural thing for her to create a space of hospitality. And she just smiled and said, this is kind of what I do naturally. It's a powerful thing to smile and say, this is what I kind of do naturally, and then just go and do it. And sometimes you, have, you hit it out of the park, and sometimes absolutely you stumble on the way to first base. But that's, just think of the Emmys. Think of my lawn guy coming and sticking his head inside my door to tell me, about something important that happened in his life. It's what you're doing already. I'm not asking you. Jesus isn't asking you to do more. You're already tired. He's asking you to shift your intentionality about where you already are. See, that's the DNA. We're pursuing people. We're, connect we're pursuing Jesus. We're connecting with people. We're finding our place. You're already there. Just rethink it because the, the biblical underpinnings of who you are playing your part in God's world, they're, they're, it's real stuff. And it'll, it'll make you feel lighter to say, wait a minute, I can do this and think about how God is using me in his work in the world. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, unless you're keeping them open to type ending, typing into your phone the, the three questions. Otherwise, close your eyes, and I'm going to remind you of the three questions, and I'm going to pray for all of us. Gracious God, thank you that you made us. You made us. You purposed us. You shaped us. You fashioned us. And so we ask the question, what is it that I do well? What is it that I'm good at? It? What are my gifts? What are my talents? What are my capabilities? What are my aptitudes that I've seen played out in my life? Question number one. Question number two, gracious God, is which of those do I find myself kind of jazzed to go and do. Thirdly, gracious God, point us to a place where we can see that what I love and what I'm good at is needed. And gracious God, have our ears stay open to our friends who are around us and who know us, who can affirm us and help guide us and direct us and maybe nuance us a little bit. We want to be playing, gracious God, we don't want to watch we want a place on the field. Some, we want some part in it, and you made us so that we have a part in it. We are one body, and every part matters. Every part is making a difference. We thank you, gracious God, that that's who you are, the, the person who put us together in your body, and we get to play a part, all of because of King Jesus, who we're going to sing about again right now. Amen.